Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio.
across the land. Divided we fall. United we stand. Think about greatness. Your history. Without my people. Without my You are listening to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, All Black, All News, Are You, for Thursday, July 19, 2012. This broadcast is designed to service the African-American communities in Chicago and around the world. Tonight's segment is Black Wall Street USA. Join us right here every Thursday evening, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Central Standard Time for Black Wall Street USA. Our host is Mr. Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street District's Chicago, publisher and editor of the South Street Journal. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network, author of Black America, Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions, Book 1 2010, available on Amazon.com, and Mr. Carter's co-host for this show. We will reach out to organizations and individuals, individuals across the nation in our efforts to connect the dots, the spiritual dots of our people across this land. We will bring forth ideas and agendas that are already in place and let the nation know what works for us. We will bring forth people across the nation who know how to make it work. It is our desire that those who work for the common good of our people meet here on common ground and share what it is that they do. Our network and these broadcasts are dedicated to our mayor, the late Harold Washington. It is our goal to keep his memory alive in the hearts and minds of Chicagoans who loved Harold. When we first started these shows, we would ask each guest upon giving their final remarks the following question. How do you remember Harold Washington? We'd like to start that tradition again with tonight's guests, as they all are current residents of Chicago. Tonight's segment is a special broadcast, The Life cycle, death cycle of print media, where African-American publishers and editors discuss how will black Americans communicate in the future. With us this evening will be Mr. Richard B. Muhammad, editor-in-chief, The Final Call newspaper, Mr. Telly Woods, co-founder of Think Positive magazine, Mr. Glenn Reedus, editor of Chicago Crusader newspaper. And of course, you know that Ron Carter, our host, has been the editor of the South Street Journal for the past 18 years, and we're going to interview him first. Let's give you a little bit of information about each publication because they're going to tell their stories, but we just want you to have a little background on them. The Crusader newspaper group consists of two weekly newspapers in Illinois and Indiana, featuring commentary, lifestyle reporting, geared toward the African-American community. It was first published in 1940. It was co-founded by businessman and labor leader Palm Lavelle, Jr., along with his partner, Joseph H. Jefferson. Originally, it was established as the news organ of the National Labor Relations League. Mr. Glenn Reedus, who is a writer and editor, will be with us this evening. And we have a little variety in that we have the co-founder of Think Positive Magazine joining us, Mr. Telly Woods. He doesn't have the longevity of the Crusader or the Sorcery Journal, but if you check out the website, which is thinkpositivemag.com, you'll find expertise and style that is hard to match. If you visit Think Positive on Facebook, 
you'll find the cover of the upcoming publication, which looks great, looks exciting and entertaining. On Facebook, you'll find this description. The name says it all. Think positive is a call to action. It's a lifestyle. Daily, our readers seek to improve their health, their finances, education, career, family, spirit, and community. Every interview, column, feature, and photograph within this magazine speaks to those desires and helps society live a more productive way of life. One of the co-founders, Mr. Telly Woods, will be joining us this evening. We certainly want to thank him. Thanks, Telly, for adding our Chicago Slash Business Radio Network show widget to their website. So if you go to thinkpositivemag.com, you can listen to our broadcast. Mr. Wood and Mr. White, both co-founders, were guests on one of our other segments, CBB and Business Journal, and you can listen to that show right here in our archives. And last but not least, we're expecting the editor-in-chief of the Final Call newspaper, Mr. Richard B. Muhammad. I met Mr. Muhammad briefly at the community conversation last week with Charles S. Dutton of the Obama Effect. He gave me his business card, so watch out, Chicago. When you give me your business card, you never know when you're going to get a call to the show. Founded by the Honorable Louis Farrakhan, National Representative of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Nation of Islam, the final call follows in the tradition of Malcolm Speaks with hard-hitting national and international news and coverage of political issues. It is the official communications organ of the Nation of Islam. Founded in the 1930s as the final call to Islam, the newspaper evolved into Muhammad Speaks in the 1960s and boasted a circulation of 900,000 a week, wow, and a monthly circulation of 2.5 million. Today, the weekly final call newspapers serve as a readership of diverse economic and educational backgrounds, including circulation in North America, Europe, Africa, and the Caribbean. Mr. Richard Muhammad will be joining us later in the show. We open up the show with I Love My People by Mr. Oba William King of JustUsArts.org. Thank you, Oba. This is Black Wall Street USA. Our calling number is 347-326-9477. I'll repeat that for you, 347-326-9477. The chat room is open. Leave your company information and website links in the chat room. That's how we connect. We will be taking questions from the chat room. You listen to Chicago Select Business Radio Network. This is Black Wall Street USA. Let's welcome our host, Mr. Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street District, Chicago, publisher and editor of the South Street Journal. Good evening, Ron Carter. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, Sonia. How are you? I'm not in a mobile. I'm just getting unopened. Automobile as we are talking, and uh, but glad to be here again. And we just uh, never know what's going on. on what you do? We just never know yeah, what's going on. I know, I know, I know, I know. It's just been so busy, but it's been still uh, productive. And uh, but yeah, it's good. It's yeah, all good. yeah. Oh, I just, shoot. I just gonna tell them this. You know, when Ron Carter and I used to work at the same office and do the shows, do you know that Ron would go get his dinner 10 minutes before the show came on? And as I'm doing the introduction, I would see Ron passing by my window. 
as the music was playing and I'm doing my introduction. Here he comes, passing by the window. This is all the time. This is nothing new. But we've been doing this for three years, so I guess it all works. Now, Ron. It works. It works. It works. It's okay. It's okay. It just, I can almost kill him sometimes, but it's okay. It all works. It always works out. This is a great show tonight, and since you are the publisher and editor of the South Street Journal, I want to start with you. Okay? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah? Okay, yeah. great. Yeah. Now, uh, as a Chicago, born and bred Chicagoan, having been in this business for 18 years, I, lo- I know little or nothing about the newspaper uh, business. Describing your words, the current state of black newspapers and black publications in America. Well, you know, I, it's really been more than 18 years in the newspaper business. I remember when I was uh, a paper boy and uh, I was delivering the Chicago American and the Chicago Today newspaper. And on the side line, I was delivering the Chicago Defender. And even as a paper boy at 13, 14 years old, I always wondered to myself, why isn't the Chicago Defender is being uh, subscribed to like the Chicago American and Chicago Daily News, the Chicago Tribune. I always wonder that. Uh, but uh, so that kind of stayed in my mind. And naturally, as uh, I got into organizing, and I got tired of organizing, and I said, if I'm making all this money nonprofit, let me see if I can make some money for profit. So in 1983, uh, the year the Herald was uh, elected, uh, maybe, maybe that's not, yeah, somewhere around there, uh, I got a chance to work for the Chicago Defender. And I'm proud to say that I was in their advertising department, and then being so, I became one of their, matter of fact, not one of their, I became their number one salesperson. But I got a wide awakening working for the Chicago Defender. Uh, there's many, many memories. I worked for the Chicago Defender all together for about six years. And one of the things that we that made it hard to sell the Chicago Defender because people used to say that Uncle Tom newspaper. And not only people say that Uncle Tom newspaper, John Sistak, the publisher and chairman of the Chicago Defender, he called himself an Uncle Tom, and I just could not understand it. So being uh, an employee and being uh, uh, respectful for my uh, employer, uh, it's just one day I had to sit down, John Sistak, and I said, why do you come in our staff meetings? Because he used to come in staff meetings and say, I do what Mayor Daly told tell me to do. I'll fire my reporters if they do not do what Mayor Daly told me to tell them to write. And some of my reporters resented it, so I fired them. So he come in telling that story, and I just couldn't 
grasp it. But one day I sat down with him in the basement of the Chicago Defender on 24th of Michigan, Michigan, and I asked him, why do you come in a meeting and say that you are an Uncle Tom? So he gave me the story. He gave me that story over a length of time. But in essence, what he said was that the foundation of the Chicago Defender made black America what it is today, and especially Chicago. And the Chicago Defender was more important to the black community than a lot of people say the black church. It was the backbone. It was the messenger. It was the talking drum. And as the years that the Chicago Defender protected and stood up, the black community did not stand up for the Chicago Defender. And so John Sestak indicated that tired of standing up for the black community, and they did not stand up for them. The black community received uh, grants from corporate America, from foundations, but when but they wanted them, the Chicago Defender, to tell their story, but they did not want to make those corporations accountable to the Chicago Defender. So John Sestak said he took the position that he was going to stop protecting these civil rights organizations if they could not look out for the Chicago Defender. So he said, F them. And they do what they want, I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to keep this uh, Chicago Defender alive. And he did. The Chicago Defender, during the, throughout history, never missed a paycheck of his staff. They paid low wages, but they never missed a paycheck. When the employees threatened to join the union to go on strike, John Sestak went in the basement and printed the paper himself. Uh, I learned a lot from working with the Chicago Defender, and there's a, there's an experience with the media as it way goes way back to Frederick Douglass, and he makes the statement that the best instrument to organize our people is the press. There's no instrument no better than the press. As we look at the press, per se, being the Internet today, it is still the press, but there is nothing like that paper press because the Internet, I look at the Internet no different than the movie The Matrix. You know, we just got through going through some drama about, yeah, Sonia, you brought it to my attention about they're getting ready to take over our computers with this wild virus. So there is a control over the Internet, but there is not a control over the press. And we have to, uh, you know, as we get very technical with the, uh, with the Internet, with the spontaneous news, with the choices, the press takes a position of their own agenda to direct the course of the people no more than when I interviewed the Chicago Tribune because maybe about, I think, when Gore was running for president and he was running against George Bush, the Chicago Tribune, now the Chicago Sun-Times endorsed it, the uh, Bush over Gore. And so the black community protests the Chicago Sun-Times. So I stepped back and I said, now, why are you protesting 
Justice Sun-Times during the Chicago Tribune is also endorsing Bush. So I had to call the Chicago Tribune and ask them the question from the editorial board. Why don't black people protest you all when you all normally endorse against the black community politically? And the Chicago Tribune says, we have an agenda, the Chicago black community know we got an agenda. We're not going to stray from our agenda. It's the black community that strayed from their agenda because the Tribune is still Republican. Blacks used to be Republican. So we debated on that. But the bottom line is the press have an agenda different than the Internet, per se. And it is to be a leader. So, Sonia, you really touched on Yes, what I've been involved in for a long time. And so I think that our guest is coming on definitely will share some of their, not only their frustrations, but they will also share the future of where they're at um, and, and, and where they see that we have to go in support of the press and the press versus Internet. Great. You listen to that yeah, that was quite interesting uh, rundown there, quite interesting. You listen to Black Wall Street USA. That's our host, Ron Carter, publisher and editor of the South Street Journal. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue. want to ask you this, and then we're going to go to a break, Ron. Now, this is from my book, I'm going to ask you another tough question, Black America Asking Ourselves a Tough Question, book one, 2010, available on Amazon. You've answered this before, and I have a video of it. Mr. Carter, can a publication owned and editorialized by non-blacks provide truth in publication to black Americans? I'm sorry, Sonia. I'll repeat that again. Can a publication owned and editorialized by non-blacks, which we know they are there, provide truth in publication to black Americans? Should they be our news source? Well, there are cases where they are. You know, you have the half Car Carol is owned by a Bruce... Um, uh, Bruce, I forgot Bruce's last name. He's a millionaire. I, he used to own. I know they are. The question is, should they be? Can they provide truth and publication to black Americans? Yes, they can provide truth. I think that people in the newspaper business, the the writers are more truthful than the publishers. Because the writers but the writers sometimes have to fight the publishers because, see, the publishers have more of an agenda than the writers. So that is something that is very sensitive. Uh, there have been many complaints with the Chicago Sun-Times, the Tribune, uh, but being in the business, I know that sometimes telling the truth is harder, uh, well, put it this way, reporting the truth is harder than telling the truth. So we can report the news, and sometimes the news is not always what we want to hear because my experience is that the when people read the Chicago, I'm sorry, read the South Street Journal, and they read the same story in the Sun-Times, 
they get a different perspective. And they do get a different perspective because, for the most part, I'm an organizer and I'm a black publisher. However, the white publication still can tell the truth, but it's the angle on how the truth is told. Great. I'm sure we're going to... Uh, yeah, okay. Okay, great. I'm sure we're going to get into uh, these questions and more, and including what's going on with the South Street Journal. But what we're going to do right now, we're going to, we're going to take a break. You're listening to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. Tonight's segment is Black Wall Street USA. Join us right here every Thursday evening, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Central Standard Time for Black Wall Street USA. That's Mark Carter, publisher and editor of the South Street Journal. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network. Our caller number 347-326-9477. We will be taking questions from the chat room. This is a special broadcast, the life death cycle of print media. How will black Americans communicate in the future? Mr. Richard Muhammad, the final call newspaper, Mr. Charlie Woods, Think Positive Magazine, and Mr. Glenn Reedus from the Chicago Crusader will be joining us tonight. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors, and we appreciate you being with us this evening. Thank you so much. Are you the parent of a troubled teen, or you just want to have a closer relationship with your child? If so, sign up for our free webinar called Five Easy Tips to Effective Communication with Your Teen Right Now, hosted by teen expert Release Henry. Log on to SuccessfulTeenParenting.com forward slash webinar. Partners in Community Building focuses on credit building, financial literacy, and home ownership for residents throughout Chicago and Illinois. All of our services are free. Call 312-328-0873 to get additional information on our homeownership counseling, rental assistance, Cook County foreclosure mediation, and small accessible repairs for seniors programs. PCIB is a HUD-certified nonprofit counseling agency committed to addressing the housing needs of all people. Call 312-328-0873 to schedule an appointment or visit us at www.pcibchicago.org. Somewhere a child is waiting. Somewhere a child is waiting for you and Unity Parenting and Counseling makes it possible for that child to be connected with his new family. Unity Parenting and Counseling will help you through the application process, training, and certification. Call Brenda Weatherspoon today at 312-455-0007 to be connected at the heart. Call 312-455-0007 today so that each day that child is closer to home. Hey, God Black Hill? You know, that dirty spot on the back of your right shoe and both shoes if you drive a stick. Are you sick of wet, cold feet from driving barefoot in the winter? If you're tired of trying to figure out how to protect your expensive footwear from damage while driving, look no further than www.heelshield.com for the answer to your driving shoe protection problems. www.heelshield.com H-E-E-L-S-H-I-E-L-D Okay, I think we had some technical difficulties going in there, but we're back. 
we're okay. waiting for our guests waiting for our guests to uh call in. Okay. Now as we wait for our guests we're gonna talk about uh let's talk about the South Street Journal a little bit. Tell us about the South Street Journal. Well, uh, one thing about South Street Journal, in which its tradition is kind of holding firm to that, and sometimes that tradition is very questionable, uh, because originally I'm not the I'm really the fifth publisher of South Street Journal, not the first. There was um, four publishers of South Street Journal prior to me, uh, and the first publisher was the Taylor Residence United Tours Harmony. It was an organization in Robert Taylor Homes in which they asked me to work with them since I was with the Chicago Defender. So the tradition of South Street Journal rests with the uh, public housing based on being a grassroots paper in which is always to stay firm in representing those that are not represented. Uh, even though public housing, for the most part, it does not exist, the conditions of public housing still do. And so South Street Journal is true to their tradition because public housing residents came up with the idea of really was called Truth News at first, and now it's called South Street Journal. But even before South Street Journal, it was called South Street News. And so there's a grassroots element that stays firm. Uh, a lot of the, before I even started Truth News at South Street Journal, I went to the other black press, and the other black press, uh, because we were originally in the Bronzeville neighborhood. At that time, it was called Mid-South or Grand Boulevard and not Bronzeville. And so we went to those other black media to the, you know, I'm the press, so we have to call it like it is. We went to the Chicago Tribune. I'm sorry. We went to the Chicago Defender, Chicago Citizen, the Bulletin. Uh, we went to Metro News. We went to uh, High Park Herald, and we asked them to launch this newspaper. But they seen the content, and they said the content is needed, the content is good, but it's not going to make no money. And a newspaper is a business to make money. South Street Journal, because of its mission and its focus, have not made the money to keep up with its its growth. So, but with that, the mission still stays firm to be a progressive, cut to the throat newspaper that uh, reports out of the norm that others. Others do report the same uh, manner that South Street Journal does, but because of the organizing background of myself and others that's involved with South Street Journal, that tradition stays not only to report the news, but sometimes we are the newsmakers. 
So that gives a little sense, I believe, of what the tradition and the mission of South Street Journal is. Uh, so we tend to, um, when we make the news, it does tend to isolate us. There is a dividing line between a reporter and a publisher, but we tend to let our reporters know that our mission is to ignite the readers through our writing. A lot of reporters, and which truthfully what they're supposed to do, is write the story and move on to the next. Write that story and move on to the next. But we tend to hold on to the story to see its development, to see how it influenced. Some people said when they read South Street Journal, it's like reading a story where each story has a relationship. So but we have been politically, economically driven, but we are getting ready to move more into that social looking up and being more, a little more commercial, if I can say, being getting more into entertainment. You have your idea, which we want to get back to, when you had the, uh, what did you call it, Sonia, the book, um, the readers or the publisher's page? Well, we had a writer's and author's page. That was one of the uh, ideas that I wanted to introduce, and also the entertainment section for uh, Chicago South Side so that it could be the go-to place if you want to go and see, um, you know, black entertainers, uh, mm-hmm. to black lounges, whatever the case may be, go over to uh, the Unleaded Blues, wherever the case may be where there is uh, black performers in black right. businesses and black lounges and uh, for them to mm-hmm. invest and have and have that output for their businesses. I don't mm-hmm. see, and you tell me, Ron, I don't see how the survival of the the small businesses, not only in Chicago but around the country, are going to make it. And you know, everyone, everything's on the net. Everything's on the net. Everything is not on the net. And you tell me how they're going to sustain themselves without the black newspapers in the community for advertising for them. You tell me. Well, the media. Um is now dominated by the Internet. It's convenient, it's fast, it's quick, it's selective. Uh, you can jump around. You, it, it, It's what we call green-free or uh, it's green to the point that it's not a production cost with paper. Uh, you know, you don't, I, I guess I can use old newspapers for my, for my dogs. You know, so it's still good for that purpose. But yes, the the internet has dominated. Uh, I can remember the Chicago Tribune was maybe about three inches thick, <laughs> but now it's maybe about uh, inch thick, if that, on a Sunday. Uh, big corporations have dominated. Uh, but I believe that as we move forward, and 
I know that the small newspapers definitely got to be creative. Uh, we can look at some newspapers, such as the even the Chicago Defender. Uh, uh, when I worked for the Chicago Defender, um, David Young, I think he was, he worked for the Chicago Defender for uh, 50-something years. And uh, I think he was, when I first went there, he was about 70-something years old, selling advertising. And he took the position that sell to the Ma and Pa stores, secure that base. Because if you don't secure that base of the Ma and Pa and the small stores, then the big boys will pull out and will break you when they pull out. Uh, such as if if, a, if an ad costs $4,000 for the uh, target, they put an ad worth $4,000. And it would take maybe about 25 little mom pops to equal that $4,000. But if you only get those four major ads, a Target, a Walgreens, a Jewel Foods, a, a Payless, or whatever they may be, one of those pull out, and that is one-third of your operating budget, opposed to when you have a base of a lot of small businesses in the paper then you don't have to worry about it. But small businesses have, you have to spend more time and more attention to small businesses than you do major corporations. Uh, so there is a give and take, and there's a sensitivity to want to represent the small businesses, uh, but there's more effort and more work in having more small businesses in your publication than having four big ads worth $4,000 each and maybe more opposed to small business, $50 each, and you have to have uh, 25 or 30 of them, and you got to maintain and work with them. And then at the same time, a lot of small businesses are, not as advertising astute or set that advertising up for uh, publications. And, yes, again, the print media definitely have a major competition with the online advertising. Uh, our President Barack Obama has proven that uh, more than anyone as he used it to advertise and to get the word out. And then, again, we all know that we have the Facebook, we have the Tweet Tweet, we got the uh, uh, LinkedIn, LinkedIn, and we have all of those type of uh, outlets to advertise. Uh, but I, maybe I'm wrestling with the old time is that it's nothing like having that newspaper on your cocktail table so that you can go to it at your leisure. Um, and we do see, we don't know what, but there is another issue with people reading. And I believe that the Internet reading is fast reading, opposed to print reading is in-depth reading. Um, and because of that, 
fast reading or glancing reading, uh, you can tell being on public tra- transportation, many people, they you don't know if they're on their uh, iPod reading or listening to music, or is it more easier to, to listen to the radio than to read, opposed to years before you get on public transportation and you see just about every other person has a newspaper in their hand. So the print uh, publications do have a real uh, uh, agenda that have to compete. I believe that they can compete, but we definitely have to be creative. And then again, there is the cost factor that it is cheaper to produce a website than to produce a newspaper. Um, so the creativity has to pay, come into play in order for the newspaper publishers to be able to, uh, but I, I guess I want to jump back to the final call, is that that is one book publication that don't depend on advertising. It depends on its people, its uh, members, its followers, get that word out. And the final call has maintained this level of publication without depending on advertising. So I think that once a publication can combine the two, then it definitely can survive in order to attract those small businesses. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA. That's Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago, publishing editor of South Street Journal. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue. And uh, going back to what you, you just said, um, I still think, even without having a longevity in uh, journalism, that our small black businesses, as you call them, the ma and pa, are going to be devastated by the removal of the community newspapers and by the black newspapers. Oh, yeah. All those, things, all those things that you say are true. Uh, they don't have the same cost. They can post a website uh, in producing what they call their ads on the website. But we still have what we call a digital divide in businesses. And not only small black businesses, but small businesses and medium-sized businesses anyway. They fail, and I'm learning myself, and that's why I'm, I'm teaching it and sharing it with people. They don't know how to utilize the Internet, as you call it, the tweet, tweet, the LinkedIn, and all those names that you have called them, because you don't use it yourself, you know. They don't know how to utilize and market with those you know, major, major websites. They know that they exist. They've heard of them. They got their Facebook account. I looked at your tweet, tweet, as you call it today. You have 300 followers or something like that. You don't use oh, do. Yeah, and that's all. I have 12,000. Do. You don't you use it. You have 12,000? I have 12,000. You don't use it. And it's not only you. I was in there today because I'm working on a blog on Twitter to share with my Chicago Black Business Network members, and I'm working on a blog. So I was in there looking at their Twitter accounts and reviewing their Twitter accounts, and they don't use it. 
and it may well not we may not well know how to use it the most effective way in the most effective manner for a business. Okay, it may not work for every business. It may work specifically for some businesses. But when a small business, when you don't know how to utilize the tool, you may have the tool. You may have a hammer. If you don't know how to use the hammer, it it, it serves no purpose for you. So you may have a computer and a, a LinkedIn page or an Internet page, but it serves no purpose for you if we cannot draw clients and attract clients and that type of thing, which I am learning every day how to do this. I'm going to study and research thing about it. And while I was having technical difficulties, I was talking about it, but thank God for the Internet, too, because I can edit this whole show and make it just perfect. But we don't know how to use the tools. Number two, if I go out and do a search on the Internet for a particular product, there are millions of things that will show up for that product in that search, millions of pages that will show up for that search. You're going to be left out of it because people pay to be higher on that search. People are not going back to a million uh, page, one million to find you. If you don't know how to be on the front of that search, you won't be found. Although you think it's important, your website looks very nice, everything is wonderful. But if we don't learn what we don't know, we will not be able to advertise, and we will and we are lost in the Internet. I also went to Chicago's Black Business Network, and I looked at their websites, uh, not in depth, but they're not you the only the Chicago people. Black Business Network? My that? network. And I looked at some of the okay. members' websites, okay? Mm-hmm. And not only that, when I reach out to people to ask for advertising, I look at their websites. Website hasn't been touched since who knows when, 2008, 2009, 2011. So they're not updating their websites. Their information is not current. And you know how often people change cell phones. So they're out of sync with what's going on, and it takes a lot of work and effort. It takes more work and effort to to have your business updated on the Internet than it does just to take and call and put an ad in. Because what's the ad in is in, right, Ron? It's your responsibility to distribute that newspaper, correct? And your job is pretty much done. But once you have that website up, it's additional job, it's additional operation for your company. You got to put somebody in place. You got to pay somebody to do it. So is that really, once that takes place, is it now cost effective for you? Because you can't maintain it. And I'm just doing all these things out there. So as the black newspaper dies off, and you tell me, the small black businesses will be affected in well, the same way because they don't have the outreach. Well, there is a um, – the black newspapers have died out. Uh, South Street Journal definitely have its trials and tribulations of dying out. Uh, and jumping back up. Uh, but I do know when uh, South Street Journal was uh, in operation, it was approximately about 25 other black newspapers in Chicago alone. Uh, today there's probably maybe about seven black newspapers in Chicago. And naturally, a lot of other non-black newspapers have went out of business. I mean, Chicago used to have... Ooh, one, two, three, four, five. Chicago used to have five, six daily newspapers. 
but this year was probably um, in the uh, 70s or so uh, when those newspapers started dying out. But I did see this movie, uh, what was it, Chris, uh, what's his other thing, Uh, uh, Bruce Willis and not Chris Rock, what's this, he's a matter of fact, the laughing guy, yeah, I forgot what he's saying. Yeah, Chris Tucker. They they was in this movie some time ago. And in this movie it was a future movie. And so and this is way before the uh uh internet really was on the scene when this movie came out. It was some type of space movie in the future. And uh Bruce Willis, uh when he first was seen in the movie uh, he pulled out his laptop to, to to check out the news, and he was uh, carrying his, you know, it wasn't called a laptop, but that's exactly what it was, a laptop. And he made his connections. He he was a cab driver, and he had his appointments all on this uh, computer. So that's definitely the direction that uh, the, the the mass media is going. Uh, and as it's going that way, yes, you're right. Not only uh, the small businesses have to learn how to manage that, uh, a lot of newspapers have uh, are seen that that's the way they have to go. Uh, now there is, they're selling the, the pod for newspapers, where you get this pod, so no more that there's the actual newspaper, there's a pod. So, um, and that pod is connected to all this social networking. So, yes, that is the future. And, uh, yes, even me, I have to be more social networking. But with that in mind, you know, we do have uh, in the the issue of South Street Journal, we have a, a, a section on online news where we're getting people abreast of what's happening online and what's the purpose of the social media and uh, how it's impacting our lives. Um, so the advertising, as you state, is is a more technical um, in, in which a lot of people definitely need, if they don't know how to handle it, they're going to have to handle, hire someone to handle it on their behalf because it's definitely moving fast and it's definitely moving um, and it's changing. The technology is changing uh, just like people change their underwear. It's changing. Well, there's always there's always been change. It's just a evolving into something else. Uh, everything evolves. So, People uh, have always been front runners in it. People have always lagged behind in it. But it's so overwhelming. The change is so overwhelming. I think maybe in the past the changes were much slower. The turnaround was much slower. People had some time to catch up and, you know, learn what was going on. Technology, the change is overwhelming. Definitely overwhelming. Uh, I'm on a lot of websites. I look at a lot of websites, and I'm just blown away because I have no idea what they're talking about. I have the ability to learn, but there is so it is so in depth, and there is so much 
to it that as I learn and begin training people to do this, because I'm learning so that I can teach, that's how I learn things. Um, I learn things well, and then I'm able to teach it. That that forces me to grow in that particular area. As I do this, we must uh, think about being very specialized in what we do and do what fits us. Facebook doesn't. Facebook. It's okay. It fits me as a business, but it's not giving me the results that I want. I do get quite a bit of hits to Chicago's Black Business Network from Facebook, but is that the best place for me to get clients for my marketing business and for the things that I want to do in the future? Let's go to a break, Ron. And you're listening to Black Wall Street USA. That's Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street District, publishing editor of the South Street Journal, Sonia Cassandra Purdue, Chicago's Black Business Network. We're going to take a brief break here, and we'll be right back.
Her first romance novel, State of Ecstasy, Jew Ephraim finds passion on the lush island of Martinique. Reminiscent of the works of Cleopas and Lawrence, Jew Ephraim's rich emotional landscape delivers an achingly accessible complexity that makes State of Ecstasy steamy, provocative, and fresh, and its author a forceful new voice who brings an entirely new level of heat to romance. With her soon-to-be-released paranormal novel, Ephraim is giving us a brand new insight into this genre. Find her books on Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. Tired, stressed out, or just need me or we time? Then Phoenix Rising, Baltimore's exclusive bed and breakfast, is the place for you. Phoenix Rising offers an unforgettable, rejuvenating experience with exquisite guest rooms. Find peace and calm in the Sedona Room or Haitian Room, or relax in front of a marble fireplace in the Serengeti Room. Call 410-462-2692 today to schedule your escape to Phoenix Rising. Visit us online at phoenixrising.com. Want to learn the secrets of the wealthy? Do you think that the wealthy sell their gold and silver, or do they buy gold and silver? Learn to create wealth, collect wealth, and preserve wealth for you and future generations. Find out how you can acquire free silver every month. Visit goldandsilverplan.com. That's goldandsilverplan.com. What you don't know can keep you struggling financially. What you know can change your life. Be in the know. Visit goldandsilverplan.com today. You're listening to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. Tonight's segment is Black Wall Street USA. Join us right here every Thursday evening, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Central Standard Time for Black Wall Street USA. Our host is back with us, Mr. Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street Districts. Chicago, publisher and editor of the South Street Journal. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network and author of Black America, Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions, Book 1, 2010. Our call-in number is 347-326-9477. The chat room is open. Leave your company information and website links in the chat room. 
We Our first guest for the evening, Mr. Richard B. Muhammad, editor-in-chief of the Final Call newspaper, is on the line with us. Ryan, you want to welcome your guest to the show? Yes. How are you doing, Brother Muhammad? Hey, uh, assalamu alaikum, brother. Always a pleasure and an honor. Glad that you are uh, inviting me to come on tonight. Yes, alaikum Well, I don't know if you um, caught any of our introduction conversation or not. No, actually, I missed it. I'm just leaving the office. I've been working on the paper and uh, probably about to go home and put in some more work. Okay, I know. Uh, well, we're in the newspaper business. We know how it is. One uh, thing that we, matter of fact, let me ask you first. Uh, how long have you been the uh, editor of the Final Call? I'm in the editor. I think I'm just going on four or five years now. Uh, I was mm-hmm. managing editor for either 12 maybe 12 or 13 years, and before that I was a staff writer for several years. So I started out actually in Washington, D.C. as the uh, opened our Washington Bureau at the time um, with the unfortunate passing of our dear editor, Brother Abdul Wali Muhammad. I um, yes. was brought to Chicago and, and became uh, managing editor, and then outside of doing a few other things, primarily working for the final call is what I've had the pleasure and honor to do. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing that we uh, did talk about, the, uh, I think Sonia opened up with a question, could the non-black media do a fair and good job in addressing the black community, uh, taking into consideration that journalists is to be somewhat uh, objective. Um, how do you relate that with the final call? Well, I mean, I, I think when you look at the history of the black, well, first of all, I think anyone who knows the history of American journalism will certainly have to question whether or not it's, as it's ever been objective. It never has been. From the earliest pamphlets of those who were uh, advocating for independence for the country, there was a point of view, there was an agenda. Uh, and there was a spreading of information based on the needs of what they saw of the people and what they saw as their objectives. I think certainly you see today with the corporate control of media and the greater and greater concentration of media and the little, um, if any, diversity in terms of media, because you can turn on every uh, local news station in Chicago tonight and see virtually the same stories all told virtually the same way. So for me, that thing of objectivity is it's a myth. I think that what we have to strive for is fairness with mm-hmm. the black press playing the role of, of, of guardian, protector, defender, and definer of our people. We certainly are fair because our people have always put been put in an unfair position. Well, there is the um, uh, our earlier question as well as relates to the black media. Um, uh, personally, you missed this part, but I worked for the uh, Chicago uh, Defender for about six years. And selling the Chicago, I was in the advertising department, and, and selling the Chicago Defender, we had to fight the term of the Chicago Defender being so-called, quote-unquote, Uncle Tom newspaper for many years. And that is selling that 
selling advertising with that type of cloud, but it wasn't so much of a cloud because John Sistak actually stated that, yes, he is an Uncle Tom newspaper, uh, mm. taking consideration the variable between Uncle Tom and Sambo. Um, mm-hmm. But the Chicago Defender versus the Final Call, in which I were all I know that the Chicago Defender been around for going over close to a hundred years. The Final Call been around what at least maybe about sixty years. We we are not quite sixty. We um, in 1979, uh, we were basically founded by the minister, Minister Farrakhan. We are not the direct uh, descendant of the Muhammad Speaks newspaper. We refer to ourselves as the um, spiritual heir uh, or the spiritual offspring of Muhammad Speaks. So I guess we've got about a little over thirty years going now. Okay, so. Uh can I um, take for, you know, I do remember uh, Muhammad Speaks as a kid. Uh, well, would you say that the same mission and flavor for Muhammad Speaks is the same as the final call? Absolutely. Same mission, same people, same movement behind it, the same uh, brothers, well, not the same brothers, but uh, the men of the fruit of Islam primarily pushing the newspaper and having that mind of independent distribution as well as independent information and reaching into the hearts and minds of our people. So every week in the final call, you will see a column from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad as well as something from his great book, How to Live. You will also see a center article from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan as well. On page 39, you will always see what the Muslims want and what the Muslims believe as our program is laid out. But I think like Muhammad speaks, our goal is to serve the entirety of our people. So we are not a newsletter. We are not a publication solely devoted to a small group. Our mission, as it always has been, is to the broad mass of our people. There was a uh, another point, as a matter of fact, you kind of hinted to it, when you talked about the distribution, looking at Fight a Call with this institutional legacy of a newspaper, compared to so many other newspapers that have folded, that the final call distribution is based on its following and its uh, members to keep it alive where other newspapers depend on advertising. So does the final call actually survive this, this distribution, circulation, financially? Absolutely. Absolutely. We depend on uh, the strength, the commitment uh, of the men with assistance from the women and the Nation of Islam because we are more than just a newspaper, but we are part of, uh, we are a, a an information outlet for the upliftment of our people. So we depend on the, the brothers to take the paper. We also, of course, have different well, the brothers have different customers and stores, and we have some bookstores, libraries, and others who pick up the paper as well. We're also blessed now to be able to go direct over the Internet as well as Facebook and Twitter. So we are looking at um, tweaking our business model to get, the most out, to get the most out of it in modern times. But as our people still need the truth and as our people still need to be liberated, there's still a need for the brothers to be in the street and to take the truth to them. 
And so they, they do that great work every week, and we are always appreciative to the Fruit of Islam for their dedication. Well, uh, as we talked earlier before you came on, even with South Street Journal, tend to be not just a newspaper to just report the news, but tend to be more of a organizing tool for the community as well. Um, there was uh, a lot of talk I caught yesterday, or was it this morning? I'm not for sure. Yesterday or this morning, talking about the final call, well, not the final call, but the nation as is on the streets uh, addressing the crime issue. And then there is the uh, the reopening of the Salam restaurant. Uh, so the activities of the uh, of the nation, as it relates to the the final call, do you see that it is a organizing tool that may be? Uh, in the future, replaced with the social network of the internet. Well, we we basically uh, are using all tools at our disposal. So we use Facebook, we use Twitter, um, we use all of these different digital tools. But the reality is, when you're organizing people, you still need the direct contact. You still need the one-on-one contact. The most effective uh, organizing, and actually the hardest organizing is on the ground. So even with your political organizing, you not only do radio and TV, but you mobilize by touching base with people. You actually touch the hands of the people and you meet them in their homes or you meet them in the regular places where you find them to try to spread a message and to get them inspired behind a political candidate. And in our case, the mission is not to get people inspired behind a political candidate, but it's for us to show them or to share with them rather, to share with them what we've learned from the teachers of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad that has been so beneficial and for us to continually push the needs for our unity so that we can be more successful economically, educationally, socially, and on all these different levels. Um, at this point, I don't see the paper going anywhere, and then you've got tons of black people all around the world. So there's a huge audience out there that you got untapped. I was in Ghana a couple summers ago when President Obama went to visit and there were about four or five uh, newspapers on the streets in Ghana. So it, it depends on what is the, the best tool and the most appropriate tool to reach our people. But with all the millions of people we got, I, I think we'll be around for a while, even as we deal both digitally and in print. Ron, if I may, Mr. Tilly Woods is on the line, and although he does not have the longevity of the South Street Journal, the final Call. I'd like him to be part of this dialogue. Welcome to the show, Mr. Woods. How are you? I'm doing great. How's everybody tonight? I'm Fine. here. Well, we're glad for you to uh, be with us, Mr. Woods, and, um, you know, being a part of our program. Uh, did you get part of the questions that I was asking um, uh, Brother uh, Muhammad regarding the media being a tool? Um, I don't think okay. so. Okay, I, don't, I don't think I heard that question. Okay, do you? Uh, is, well, first of all, tell me a little bit about your publication, and with that, do you look at it as being a organizing tool or 
in what manner is the agenda of publishing the publication? Okay, sure. Um, well, again, my name is Telly Woods. I am a co-founder of Miracle Media Incorporated. Um, Miracle Media uh, is comprised of myself and three business partners, Maurice White, uh, Michael Brown, and Randall Jackson. Um, we're let me tell you, is that Michael Brown that was pardon me, is that Michael Brown that was with the Chicago Defender? Oh no 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 no. Um, okay, all right. Uh, this, <laughs> this is another Michael Brown. Um, okay. And you know we're we're just four young brothers from Southside Chicago that uh, is just looking to spread some positive media. And our first project uh, is our flagship magazine called Think Positive Magazine. Um, and Think Positive is definitely uh obviously a form of media uh being in the publishing industry uh and just to answer your your question um you know is it a tool to to um uh to to is it a tool of course it is uh it depends on how you're using that tool but how we use it uh is we're using publishing uh to bring a message to uh, our target market, which is young black professionals. Uh, we're pretty much um, highlighting the positive things that are going on in our neighborhoods because so, ever so often when you cut on the TV or radio, you just hear negative stuff about uh, our communities. And what we want to do is just highlight a lot of the good things that's going on. Uh, well, so in let me a nutshell, ask you uh, this question here: When we speak about um, the 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 positive message, and then the what is going on message, uh, knowing that the uh, final call is pretty much issue oriented, and then Mr. Woods says your publication is addressing the positive. Uh, how do you not, and I understand that it's geared toward the, the the professional, how do you not address the 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 myth or of of this this violence in the community? And then uh uh Brother Muhammad, how do you uh address the the positive with the issue orientated Content of the final call. Either one. Okay. Um, um, no, go, go ahead, brother. I'll go after you. Oh, okay. Um, well, it's 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 funny actually that you mentioned um, the you know the violence that's going on um, in Chicago and around the nation. Actually, um, our current issue right now is dedicated exactly to that. Um, uh, we actually have uh, Dr. Gerard McClendon on the cover of it, uh, and we just pretty much um, picked his brain about, you know, giving some tools and some keys and some strategies to the people uh, about how we can curtail the violence that's going on. Um, so, but to answer your question, um uh, I think that our publication is doing exactly that. It's, it's definitely uh, not only giving you a positive spin 
on, on on how to react in certain situations and how to deal with life, but we're also reporting um, the news that a lot of other magazines don't. What do you call, uh, if I can, uh, one moment, uh, Brother Muhammad, what type of news that you print that others do not, for example? Okay. For example, um, you know, unfortunately, you you really won't see too many other um, magazines talking about or dedicating the whole issue to um, stopping the uh, the black on black violence epidemic that's going on right right now. Um, uh, unfortunately, from our perspective, uh, we see a lot of entertainment. Um, it's either entertainment that they're talking about or it's uh, finances or something like that. Um, but we are very um, socially active. You know, we're, we're social activists. And well, but see, I didn't see the, uh, the main example when you say you cover news that others don't. I do know that a yeah. lot of, you know, every publisher is printing something on the violence. Is there another example where a news that you print that other media do not? Yeah. Um, you know, we, we what we do is we definitely try to, uh, um, you know, talk about things like spirituality. Um, you know, that's something that's really important to the black community, uh, and that's, that's something that we definitely want to, you know, tackle. Um, some of, like, for instance, some of the departments that we have is um, – you know, change for our dollar. Uh, that's obviously, you know, giving back to the black community and how can we actually upgrade ourselves economically um, and really just talking about being the change that we want to see in our communities. You know, um, I I don't know about you, but I don't see that too much uh, in other uh, magazines, um, you know, dedicated articles. Right. When you, how do you balance it based on the, the hardcore news of the final call to leverage it with good positive news, or is that messing with your agenda? Or so, yeah. How do you address that same uh, switch? You know, because the final call do have the the. Uh, uh, I guess that 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 aroma of hardcore type of news. But how do you get the good positive messages when it can and it has been ages of final call, but you still have that straight hardcore news? Do you balance it? Or are you concerned with it? Well, I, I think anytime you are trying to attract the minds of our people, and, and anytime you're trying to attract the minds of readers, you, you wonder you have to give people, you, you have to make things interesting and give people something to read. So, from our view, since we consider ourselves to be a, a voice of warning and, and a voice of actually seeking a solution, whether it is the ultimate divine solution under the teachings of the Honorable Muhammad, or if it is encouraging us to be active in our neighborhoods, uh, for example, we did a piece around uh, 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 Father's Day about the challenges of, of, of black fatherhood, but we talked about still the values of being a father, why it was still important in our community. 
we did another uh, <clears throat> excuse me did another cover a few weeks ago about how do families survive in these tough times where we talked about the problem of economics we talked about the the as economics uh, uh, stiffen very often you see more domestic more domestic violence you see more sexual abuse you see more things uh, that come up as people are under stress so we tried to give some solutions. Um, in terms of how to deal with that kind of problem. We also do things where we focus on, um, uh, we always try to keep in the paper something about something that people are doing of good. We offer certainly the wisdom from Minister Farrakhan and the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, which is full of solutions uh, to our problems. We, as a serious publication, we have our own character, so... For example, we ran a piece earlier um, this year with the entertainer uh, Nicki Minaj on the cover. And the question that we asked was, you know, who determines the uh, images of black women? So we had to take a popular figure that in particular young people could relate to and someone who does have influence. Because you can look at the way many of our young sisters are dressing, and she certainly has influence but we had to use that image and we had to use her and other black women to raise the question about who ultimately controls that image, what is the true definition of uh, a black woman. And so these are the different ways that we try to continually reach a younger audience while staying true uh, to our mission, which is ultimately the, the resurrection and the redemption of our people uh, here and throughout the world. Well, let me uh, ask you both this question. A, um, I, I don't know, both of you probably recall the Emerge publication magazine? Yes. Yes. Okay, you, Mr. Woods? Um, I, I don't recall that. Okay, well, Emerge magazine was a very uh, in-depth investigative magazine, and it was definitely um, on top of its reporting and its investigations and its uh uh and this outlook as it relates to the black uh community it was national publication. So Time Warner bought the publication and as soon as they bought the publication they also bought um Essence magazine as well. But it the up and it was just so it had a lot of uh, a gut to it, but sure. after it was bought from Time Warner, Time Warner closed it down. Um, does the white media, even with its advertisers, and I know per se this may not apply to the final call, but even if you can address this in general, have a more influence in the black media based on its advertising dollars, is the black media still free based on its revenue source or would they bite the hair and the feet? And no, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, you know, brother, I, I, I think ultimately that question comes down to a matter of integrity. Um, certainly in a, any of us, can find somebody to sell our soul to. 
I think our people struggle very often in, in walking that line and trying to be independent and not be beholden uh, to advertisers. And I, I feel for them because I know it's a tough line to hold. But I think that what we have to continually try to do is we have to give our people the best of what we can, and we have to get our people to understand the need to support their own. Like you said about Emerge Magazine, beautiful magazine, very informative. As soon as as soon as it lost its black ownership, it went out of business. So you lost a voice, you lost a source of information, you lost an outlet for black writers, you lost um, a, a vehicle that, that that could have been very inspiring in terms of the serious uh, journalism and the serious information sharing that our people need. So ultimately, our people are going to have to understand that they need to invest in something and they need to invest in their own. But, Mr. Woods, I want to get back to that question with you, but we have a caller on the line, uh, Sonia. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA with host Ron Carter, publisher and editor of the South Street Journal. Our guest this evening is Mr. Tully Woods, co-founder of Think Positive Magazine, and Richard B. Muhammad, who is the editor-in-chief of the Final Call newspaper. And caller from area code 301, Tell us who you are and what is your question or comment, please. Yes, this is uh, B.A. Um, I'll be very quick. Um, I'm sorry, yeah, this I'm is who and where you're calling from? B.A., calling from Washington, D.C., uh, suburban Okay. Area. Yeah, right. uh, thank, you, thank you for taking my call, Ron. Mm-hmm. Uh, about black newspapers. Well, well, I'm sorry to cut you off. You, you used to call us before, right? You, this is not your yeah, first call. Yeah, it's been a while. I haven't called you in a Right, in a correct. While. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Thank you. I, I just want to ask a question. I'm looking at uh, a Sunday edition of the Washington Post, and this is in every Sunday edition, but I'm going over the ads, the advertising. you got major department stores, jewelry stores, prescription drugs, cable television, appliance stores, things that black people use on a daily basis or on a weekly basis. You go to these places every weekend, it's filled with black folk, okay? However, if you look at black media, particularly black newspapers, you see none of these ads. I I, I don't see ads for Macy's, Bloomingdale's, uh, uh, Neiman Marcus. I don't see see any ads. How how do we expect black media to survive, black newspapers to survive, when the consumer base... That drives the newspaper. Don't 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 advertise. Well, I want to I address that question. Uh, then I let our two guests do it. Um, and I think in earlier the program I did talk about me working for the Chicago Defender for about six years prior to starting South Street Journal. And that question was a frustration for our sales department. And being that frustration. Uh, we went to those type of uh, media outlets and we threatened boycotts and things of that nature if they did not advertise with us. But at the same time, myself being the chair of Black Wall Street Districts of Chicago and being the publisher of South Street Journal, I still have a twofold to promote by black and not to depend on those same advertisers. But yet, 
our readers, uh, I can look at my, pardon me, my first wife, when she goes to the Sunday paper, the first thing she want to do is look at what's on sale. So, uh, uh, Brother um, uh, Woods, Brother uh, Muhammad, would you like to address that uh, question? Brother Woods, why don't you go ahead? I'll go after you. Sure, sure, sure. Um, well, you know, what I'd like to say about that is um, I think that uh, media, no matter if it's black media or white media or whatever, um, I think that these professionals have a social responsibility to the people, period, point blank. I think that, you know, because these are the individuals that are buying what they're advertising um, and I, I think that these these organizations, these companies, including my my publication, uh, has a responsibility to um, to promote the advertising in uh, in a uh, respectable way to each community, African American. Do you have corporate advertisers in your publication, uh, brother Woods? Do you have uh, corporate advertisers? Um, as a as of right now, I don't. Not the ones that you were speaking about earlier, like um, you know the the big the big ones like McDonald's and Toyota and so forth. Um, the kind of advertising that I have is from Ad Council, so you know it's one hundred percent strictly social conscious advertising. You know we're talking about ads that um, you know. Talk about mentoring and uh, uh, well. How do you generate? Your, where, where your are, are those uh, paid advertising, or how do you generate your revenue to print? Well, um, we at this point we don't actually generate revenue from advertising. Um, right now, we generate revenue through subscriptions. Oh, you okay. Um, I guess that's almost so, the same way. Some of it with the final call. Exactly, and that way, that way, and I, I mean, I can't tell you know what's going to happen in the future, but that way, we have 100% control over the type of ads that um, and the type of content that we want to put out without any body over us, uh, any corporation or uh, ad companies uh, trying to delegate something that we don't want in the magazine. Okay. Uh- uh, Brother uh, Muhammad, how do you address that quote unquote you know, corporate influence? I think um, that the, the brother's question is, is, is a real one because we get about a, a trillion dollars out of this economy as black people. So that means that somebody is benefiting from our, our dollars on a daily basis. The National Newspaper Publishers Association, which, which is the, um, uh, the, the trade group, if you will, for the black-owned, uh, primarily weekly, newspaper. Is the final call a member? We are a member of, of NNPA. Um, okay. About uh, last year, the last couple years, the former chairman, Danny Bakewell, really uh, challenged these corporations to put money behind these black newspapers. And he basically did what a good uh, black newspaper man by the, Fred, by the name of Frederick Douglass, I believe he said, that power conceives nothing without a demand. It never has, it never will. So if we want these corporate dollars 
we've got to demand the dollars. When uh, Chairman Bakewell did it, there was an increase in revenue to the to the black newspapers. And I think when that revenue comes in, we have got to reinvest some of that back into our publications to try to do a better job. But these people owe us. The question is, are we strong enough to go collect what's ours? My position is you will never collect what's yours if you're not unified and if you're not willing to challenge people and say, give it up. If you're not getting it anyway, what do you have to lose? Unfortunately, you know, we as black people too often, um, we we don't stand up strongly enough for our own interests. You know, we don't stand up strongly enough for our own interests but when you look at other groups, whether you're talking about political groups, ethnic groups, business groups, they stand for their interests. We have to do that if we want to get something. Well, and, Ron, real quick, I, I want to say also real quick, the other thing is to continue to build and support black businesses so that we are not in what, what the brother said about subscriptions is beautiful. I think we have to do those tools because we don't want to be held hostage by these advertisers, but if we're strong enough, I mean, you never hear the Washington Post talk about being held hostage to advertisers, so why should we? It's only if we have a slave mentality and if we're not willing to challenge these people for what's ours. Mm-hmm. Well, does that defeat the um, the mission, per se, even of Elijah Muhammad when we're talking about self-sufficiency of the black community where we, is that a double sword? If we buy in these products and they're advertised in our publication, then does it make sense for those corporations to even advertise when they're getting that business in a way? And, and the other part of it is are we defeating our self-sufficiency by promoting other products that is not interested in investing in our publications and taking money away from a black economy of black businesses. I think we've got to be strategic about what we do and, and the way that we do it. For example, I don't know if I don't know of any black car or black auto manufacturer in the United States. So so if we are buying cars and these cars are advertising, then why should not they put money into black um, into black publications? We, we well, as a community, are, are still growing. So we cannot, at, at this time, suffice 100% of our needs. So I think well, we have to suffice as... Brother Muhammad, real quickly, but isn't that almost like telling President Barack Obama that he needs to advertise in the black media when physical sound judgment is that why advertise to a market that we already got? Well, I, I would say, one, the polling number says that he doesn't already have it. His polling right. numbers have dropped, and he needs well, a sure very that good is an example as a right. product. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a great example. I think it's a great real-life example that can be applied to other people. The reality is there's always competition for business. The question is, do you want me to go to you or do you want me to go to your competitor? So, therefore, for example, NNPA had a problem with Toyota. They met with the, they met with the executives of Toyota and told them, look, 
You can either do business with us or we're going to put you on the front cover of 200 newspapers saying that Toyota is taking our dollars and not being fair about doing business. Toyota came to the table and put some resources into the pot. So, again, if we're not willing to challenge people collectively now, this wasn't just one publication. This was a group that represented 200. And getting back to the analogy of, of the president, again, if you look at it in terms of a, of a, a, a a product, the black vote, if you will, is what he needs. So whether it's Mr. Obama or the Democratic National Committee, somebody needs to be paying for uh, political advertising because in order for him to win, he is going to need black support, and not only is he going to need black support, he's going to need energized black support. Because in well, several you know, states, if black folks are not super excited, he will lose those states, and ultimately those could cost him the election. Well, uh, I have to say, being a, uh, a newspaper publisher, this is definitely a um, a, a topic that uh, I'm very much into. Uh, I, you know, as we're getting closer to the ending of our program, I do want to reach out to Sonia that she's going to have to redo this again because there's so much more that we have not touched on role of the black men, but in, I'm going to throw this question out to both of you and see how you can play around with it. In the black community, it's indicated that the best source of organizing the black community is the black church. Does the black church has a more influence in the black community than the black media? Um, I would say yes. I would definitely say that the black church has um, a much greater influence than the black media, um, simply because of um, it, it just has historically. Uh, but I would say that things are changing, unfortunately, uh, because media period is so in your face um, that you know the society is really going that way. But um, I think that at the end of the day, um, the black church is just has always been a staple um, since at the beginning. Okay, what do you say, uh, Brother Muhammad? Uh, who has some more influence, the black media? And then again, I, I really like putting that question to you because of the influence of the uh, the nation and its publication and because it does have a a spiritual base to it. So how do you answer that question? Yeah, I would say that the, the, the black church is still a, a staple of influence. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, I had a little bit. Yeah. Can, real yeah, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah I, hear you I, now. I would. I would say the the black church is still a staple of, of influence in, in our community, but I think as you look at eight, it would be interesting to see what that trend line is as you go younger, because we already know there's a certain age, but as you go younger, who has that? In, who is more influential on our people, on our young people? And I would say that I believe that right now. The black media is not, we are not even the most influential. Um, uh, we don't even have the most influence on our own 
young people. There have been surveys that have said that young people are looking to one another in terms of influence, guidance, so that's something uh, to deal with. And I, I think for the for the church and for any institution, the final call, the Nation of Islam, we always have to continually fight to stay relevant to our people and to give them something that keeps coming back. And we need strong alliances with the church because ultimately when we get into these fights, whether it's foreclosures, which, is, uh, which are racking a number of churches right now, whether you get into uh, problems with the IRS and some questions about taxes with some major uh, black pastors went through over the last few years, when you get into these kind of issues, you're going to need a strong black press in order to tell your story so that you can get a fair hearing. And if we don't support one another when we need one another, we might not find that we're there, or we might not find the strength that we really need that we could have had if we united. Okay, can you give a, a quick closing uh, remark, uh, just a, a quick minute or so from both of you, um, if you can. Uh, Mr. Woods, which please, then uh, Brother Muhammad. Sure. Well, um, well, first of all, thank you for uh, allowing us to come on and, and talk about this very important topic. Um, I mean, all I can really say is that my organization is 100% um, about uh, feeding great positive information to our people, uh, and we're a new publication. Um, but how new? How, how long have you been out? Uh, we actually started in 2008 at the height of the recession, and then we. Um, we ceased publication until 2012, so we relaunched in 2012 this year. Uh, we're doing great, and, um, you know, I appreciate the, the uh, opportunity to come on and talk about this topic. Okay. How can uh, some of our listeners uh, get in contact with you? Uh, the best way is our website, which is www.thinkpositivemag.com. Um, and they can definitely follow us on Twitter uh, at TweetTPM and Facebook as well. Okay. Um, Mr. Mohammed, your final words, and uh, naturally how we can get in contact with you. Uh, but before that, we have to follow up with you as well because you know the uh, final call is located on a black Wall Street district. Uh, were you aware of that? Uh, I was not, but we're looking forward to talking about Black Wall Street. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes, your final, uh, your, your words, not your final. <laughs> <laughs> well, brother, first on, of all, thank, thank you for the invitation. I want to say congratulations uh, to my brother on the launching of his publication, and I hope that you're thank blessed you. with tremendous, tremendous success, and if there's anything we can do at the final call to help you, uh, feel free to reach out. We can be reached at finalcall.com. Again, that's finalcall.com. You can find us on uh, Facebook. You can find Richard Muhammad on Facebook. You can also find the Final Call newspaper. You can follow me on Twitter. It's uh, My Twitter handle is at rmfinalcall. Uh, but thank you again, brother. It's a pleasure and a great honor to always uh, interact with men like you. Thank you. Sonia, did I give you any space to close us out? Did I give you any space? 
You gave me almost exactly two minutes. I know you're watching the clock, Ryan. You listen to Black Wall Street USA. That's Ryan Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street District, Chicago, publisher and editor of the South Street Journal. He's giving me my two minutes. I want to thank Brother Muhammad and Brother Woods for being here. Both are exceptional publications, Ron. Uh, Big Positive Magazine, if you look at their website, it's very polished, very professional. These young men know what they are doing. It is an exceptional uh, publication. I will get my subscription. The subscriptions are inexpensive. They're $12, aren't they, Mr. Woods? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, they're quite they're quite affordable. So go out and support this new publication. You'll love it. Take a look at their upcoming cover. Very polished. The whole the whole setup is very very polished. Very proud of you. And thanks for putting Thank our show on your webpage. I appreciate that so much. He's got a yep. he's got a widget on his webpage, Ron. You can go to Think Positive Mag and listen to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. Oh, and really uh, brother my house. Yes, Brother Muhammad, I do appreciate you taking the time to be with us this evening. I am a fan and a lover of the Final Call newspaper, absolutely, um, and want you to continue being strong and doing exactly what you're doing. All these were very, very fine points and, and very, very much needed dialogue. And both of these publications, they are different but needed because our people are diverse. We need information on Everything we should actually have a black tech magazine out on the street or a black tech newspaper, a whole black tech newspaper uh, nationally out on the street in regards to what we are doing. We are diverse. We need all types of information. And uh, want to thank both of you. And uh, if we can do this dialogue again, and have. Um, a list of questions that we need to address in regards to publications, we can, we can always do that. I thank you so much uh, for being with us. Thank you, Ron Carter, uh, and much success to you in the South Street Journal as well. We want to thank our listeners for being with us. This has been Black Wall Street USA. That's Ron Carter. I'm Sonia Purdue. Everyone have a great evening. We'll see you next Thursday at 7 p.m. Good night, everyone. Good night, all. Thank you. Thank you.